Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. I'm Sean York. And I'm Hannah Gorham. And this is episode 24, Take Care of Yourself. Uh, but before we start, what's new? We haven't had you on the podcast. We, I haven't had you on the podcast. <laughs> feel like it's some big production. <laughs> no, I feel like it's been so much. I feel like time flew by. It's been six months or something, so... It's a new year and uh, leadership retreat. That was one of the most recent things that we did. So that was really cool. We've got to combine two of my favorite things, which are camp and Chick-fil-A. So we got to get away for two days with our team leads and above. That was a whole lot of fun. Then we got to, get to combine some of your favorite things with Disney plus directors. We did a Disney director, what, in February? Yeah. So we had to split our leaders up into two. That was a blessing. If there are that many of them. Two different uh, visits to Disneyland. So that was cool. We did a all day thing. And um, what's coming up next? park day we have like two weeks i think okay any plans i you know to be honest we have uh, new roles and they're overseeing these outings and different things so i i don't know much i've kind of been in the dark for park day don't look at me me too no i'm just kidding (laughs) no i know what's going on and i'm really excited for a new team to be handling it so i'm excited it's gonna be good well today's episode is called take care of yourself you might recognize that from the phrase uh, that i sign off with at the end of the episode but there's actually a deeper meaning to it and just two and a half years into the podcast i've never mentioned it where that came from so a little love works here <laughs> trivia uh first of all uh, take care of yourself and be well is a loose english translation of a really revered hawaiian saying which is malama pono Uh, Malama means to take care and pono means righteousness or doing the right thing. Uh, So, and you might not know this, but my wife is, well, you know this, but I do know someone listening might not know (laughs) that my wife is, uh, she's half Hawaiian and my kids are quarter Hawaiian. Um, In fact, my son's name, right, is Kapono. So this phrase, the, the, and the idea of inspiring Pono just in general, of doing the right thing has a very special meaning to me uh, and significance. Um, Also, our founder, Truett Cathy, as the story goes in his final words to his son, Dan, said, take care of yourself. So that is a, has the the phrase, the the saying, take care of yourself is deep Hawaiian meanings, but also Chick-fil-A meanings. So it's really uh, special to me. And that being said, from day one, I thought this phrase was the perfect way to sign off every episode and the perfect title for today's episode as well. Yeah, so a little ironic because you've been saying it this whole time, but we've been kind of straying from this particular topic. We've had it requested a few times when we've done that Q&A. It was kind of a a hot topic then, uh, and we have been putting it off admittedly because we are not experts. It definitely feels like there's somebody that's more qualified to weigh into this particular topic. I feel like I definitely don't have my mental health altogether all the time. Um, But honestly, even if this episode just opens up one or two conversations, it will have been worth making it in the first place. Yeah, I definitely think, I think a lot of leaders, this topic of mental health, is something that we don't talk about as much. Uh, I know for me, I always feel like I want to talk about things that I that I know, that I have experience, and that I can say, like, maybe I'm a subject matter expert at, you know? And so, and this is one, I think like two years from now, I'll probably even go back to this episode and say like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about. But I think that insecurity in, in leaders, if we're not, we, if we don't feel like we have all the answers, we don't want to talk about it. Or we say like, I'm still trying to figure it out. And when I figure it out, then I'll, you know, then I'll be vulnerable and then I'll share, you know, my story. And I don't, if, if that's where we are, like, we'll never get there. Yeah, we are never going to figure it all out. So I think that this, in this day and age, it's too important not to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to tell some stories and Hannah will tell some stories. And uh, we'll tell you what we've learned along the way. And we'll say, admit, admit that we're still learning. And, and hopefully, you know, some of that helps. So with that, 
This is episode 24, Take Care of Yourself. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework, but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them. And we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York and love works here. So there's this course on Masterclass. Masterclass is a it's an app where they have recorded all these awesome, you know, masterclasses from these experts. And it's a whole course on communication and listening to others. And it's by Chris Voss, uh, who was previously a hostage negotiator. Hmm. And I cannot recommend this course enough for everyone, uh, parents, leaders, anyone really. Uh, but this course has uh, he talks about something that he calls labeling. There's a whole, like a 15 minute episode or something on what's called labeling. And um, which is labeling is when you notice the person that you're communicating with, maybe they're upset or they're feeling an emotion and you're able to successfully label their emotion by saying, you know, it seems like, or it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're really upset or saying like, uh, you know, you, you look troubled. And you can sometimes disarm an otherwise, you know, really tense situation. So uh, he goes on to explain this, uh, this experiment that was done to research the power of labeling. In a group of patients, uh, they were given some disturbing images and that like evoked a negative response in their brain. It's actually their amygdala. Did it? I, don't okay. ask me. All right. I got well, nothing. <laughs> if I said it wrong, I'm going to say it a lot of times wrong. Nobody come for him. Okay. As these images were seen, magnetic brain scans indicated electrical activity in their amygdala. The electric activity in the negative part of the amygdala would decrease each time a participant would self-label their emotions. So the researchers noted that recognizing the negative emotion and labeling it lowered the impact of the negativity on their amygdala. Just by labeling it, huh? Yeah, just by saying, this is, how do you feel? I feel sad for this person. So uh, you can imagine in a, like a hostage negotiation, like, right, this guy was a hostage negotiator, how this might help. Uh, If the guy in the building had a gun, he's not going to say, I'm afraid that you might shoot me if I come out. (laughs) Uh, But this is a real fear that is motivating all of his actions. So if a negotiator can sense that emotion and he can label it and address it and say, you know, you seem concerned, it allows the criminal to talk about it. And his brain is able to let go of the tension that's driving his actions. So it can disarm that situation. Fascinating. Yes, yes. but none of us are hostages okay, or criminals. So how does that work in our world? Uh, so here's a story. My, you know, my mom is a, uh, she, she's actually a therapist. She does a lot of crisis work and trauma work. And um, when her dad, my grandpa, was in the last days of her life, uh, she had traveled up to Oregon to be by his side. And on the final day that he was alive, she had been running around and trying to do all these things to get ready for, you know, everything that they had to deal with, with the family. And she got the news that, you know, Hey, you need to make your way to the hospital. Well, she ended up missing his final breath by about like 20 minutes. And she was devastated. 
And for days on end, she felt this overwhelming sense of guilt. And she was like, what if I would have been there? What if he was scared and I could have helped? Or what if I could have eased you know, this, this situation? What if, what if, what if? Like it all haunted her. And she couldn't let it go. And for, for days on end, and, and finally she said to my dad, she said, you know, when will this guilt end? She goes, I feel so guilty and I can't let it go. And in that very moment, the guilt was gone and it didn't return. So she had let that guilt terrorize her for days, and it didn't leave until she labeled it for what it was. So here's the thing. She's a therapist, and she specializes in people dealing with trauma. And she, of all people, should have known, but she's also a human, and you know that happens to all of us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the first thing that comes to mind is like, all of us are all of us. If you have been leading a team through a high-stress job during this pandemic, you're all of us. Um, and I know I... I'm on this side that says like, oh my gosh, like what your mom went through, that's it's terrible. And I can see why she felt those things. And that is trauma, what she went through. And I have this tendency to take what I have been through and kind of minimize it. And uh, when I hear trauma, I think like, oh man, I haven't been through trauma like that. Somebody else has been through something worse. That that counts as trauma, but what I'm feeling doesn't. Recently, that's the Enneagram 9, by the way. It's always going <laughs> to focus on other people and not herself. It's like that doesn't even count. Um, but I heard a definition of trauma um, once that I really resonated with, and they just described it as adversity that we don't know how to process that turns into stress that overwhelms. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I would label a lot of what I've gone through in the past two years as trauma. Like, I didn't know how to process it. So then it turned into stress, and then I was overwhelmed by that stress. And with that, again, I feel like any leader in these past two years feels that. And if you are somebody who maybe that resonates with a little bit, um, I didn't. I also didn't know that there was such a thing as secondary trauma, and it's real. And uh, secondary trauma is when you are feeling something for somebody else who's going through trauma. And I feel like, I mean, not that it's a daily occurrence, but there's just so much grief and loss and tough stuff yeah. in these past couple of years. And even if you're not experiencing that in that moment, like it wasn't my you know, dad who passed away, I know team members who are experiencing loss and trying to care for them, like that weighs on a person. Like if you know anybody who lost someone in the last two years, you've dealt with secondary trauma. Yes. And that's all of us. Yeah. And so there's no way to to compare those things. There's no way to quantify what we've all been through for these past few years, but it's definitely, everybody's affected in some way or another. You know, we deal with stress and trauma and a lot of times we just keep it inside of us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, sometimes, you know, people will ask, you know, that, how are you? And, uh, and we'll just keep that inside and say like, if I'm dealing with something, I'll say, you know, I'll get over it. Just get over it. You know, you just need to get over it. Uh, you don't need to talk. I don't need to bother other people with it. Just get over it. I, a lot of times what we really need is just to talk to someone to label those negative emotions so that the negative activity that's bouncing around in our brain, eating away at our brain, you know, it can finally disappear. Yeah. Well, some of the best advice that I received in the past year was to use a feelings wheel. So if there are any other Enneagram nines that are listening, um, you know, if you ask me, how are you doing? My answer is always good. Like as the leader, I can't be bad because the people that I lead will see that or they, you know, they won't ha know how to handle that if I finally admit that something's wrong. So I just stopped. <laughs> you don't stop feeling. You feel the feelings, but you just don't put a name to them. And so somebody said that you got to go. And I actually had one in a book, but you could totally find one online. It's like a feelings wheel and you start in the middle and it just says, you know, like. It's like the wheel of fortune. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like happy, mad, sad, whatever. Like you start with like a. I guess, no, but is it late? It was like piece pie? Like, oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Sorry, I didn't get your so question. So they're like $500 and $250. It just is like <laughs> no. happy and sad. And th 
things like irritated or agitated or whatever, overwhelmed. Like you start in one emotion and then you're like, okay. Sounds like you read that one a lot. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, it really made me take a deeper look at what I was actually feeling and then I was able to label it. So if it doesn't, if you can't just come to mind with all these specific emotions, that helped. But I think really it just starts with taking a look at the way that we're caring for ourselves. Because if you just think about it, I mean, for us in our restaurant, it's team members, but I would never say to a team member some of the things that I say to myself. Like when you say, oh, you just need to get over it. Like I have had that thought more times than I can count because I'm like, you know, you got to be strong. Just get over it. It's like if a team member came to me and they're like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm kind of sad. I would never turn around and say, just get over it and get back to work. You would start to lean in. You'd say, oh, well, what is making you feel that way? Like, tell me more about that. And we never have that same grace or space for ourselves. And I think we really need to. Yeah. um, You know, we, we didn't talk about this at all on this, on this podcast. I mean, we haven't talked about some of the stuff that we've dealt with in the last two years. A lot of the podcast has been talking about systems and things that we can make, you know, that we've, we've done to make culture better in our restaurant. But you know, a lot of the things that have been happening in real time in the last two years haven't been brought up. And it's mostly because, you know, we haven't figured all of it out yet. We're figuring it out just like everybody else listening to this in real time. But, uh, you know, on August 30th, I uploaded podcast number 22. And it's uh, the, the episode was Ask Us Anything. So you and I had recorded this a few days earlier, and we had scheduled, I scheduled the upload date to be August 30th. And if you look at the episode dates, you'll notice if you were gonna, you know, look at all the podcast episodes, you'll notice a six month break from the podcast episode 22 and 23, six months just kind of missing there, you know, so what happened? Well, here's the story. That morning, uh, the episode went live. I was with the family on Oahu, right? We were on vacation. A few hours after it had gone live, I was walking with the family. We were walking on the beach, on S- Sandy Beach in Oahu, looking for little pieces of coral. And uh, the kids were walking on the beach, and I got a phone call from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hannah was crying and went on to tell me that we had just lost a team member. She had just found out. She had just spoken to the team member's dad, one of our sweetest, most caring, loving crew leads had taken her life so what happened next was for me was just a whirlwind of phone calls uh and hannah was in the store and had a completely different take on this than me Uh, but i did the only thing i could in the moment and i started calling and checking in with my leaders as they had eventually started to find out i started making those calls uh later in the day and the one thing i kept telling them was the importance of talking it out with each other and just ask each other, you know, spend time together. And just ask someone how you how they're doing. And even if you're feeling fine, if you're feeling okay, ask somebody else. So, you know, every team member was immediately carrying with them, just like my mom, they were carrying with them this guilt. You know, one of my leaders told me she felt horrible because she was leading that last shift a few days earlier. And maybe she could have led a better shift. You know, another leader had said, uh, you know, this girl used to always ask how my day was going and encourage me. And she wished that she could have done the same thing for her. And I, I mean, you name it, and they felt guilty for it. And the reality is there's nothing they can do at that point to change the situation, but they still feel guilt for it. And uh, the only way that this guilt was going to subside is to label it and tell someone about it. So, you know, I was proud of them for doing that, even if I didn't have the answers for them. And I definitely didn't. But the fact that they were labeling these emotions was a step in the right direction in those conversations. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, it was really tough as like a leader, as a person, it still is. And, um, 
we really miss her and we want to honor her and the family by not going into too much detail here. Um, but it's still a really, it's a very real thing for our team. Seven months later, like you're still grieving. You still, you know, walk into work and you're reminded of things. We still don't have answers. Um, and I, again, I did feel uh, like I don't really have a solution for everybody to be talking about. But at the same time, we have this platform and this just responsibility to um, just everybody in the Chick-fil-A community specifically who um, need to know that, that you know, it's possible to still lead and not have all the answers. It's possible to keep going on the days that you don't always feel okay. And it is, it's okay to not feel okay, but really talking it out with somebody as a team, um, being vulnerable in front of your team are some of the only things that are going to get you through something like this. Yeah. And lastly, you know, just to let you know, as a listener, that even with your best efforts to create a warm and loving culture, you know, at the end of the day, we live in a broken world and there are so many heartbreaking things that we can't control. You know, the best thing we can do is create a, a caring and challenging and nurturing environment with the four to eight hours a day that we have these team members, you know, and just pray for their safety and well-being in the 15 to 20 remaining hours of the day. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many things and factors that affect mental health. It's impossible to know where everybody is at at every you know given moment of those shifts and of their day. It'd be impossible to list all those things. And so... I guess just the one takeaway, like one of the biggest things that we've learned is, you know, aside from trying to care for people the best that you can, is that if tragedy does, like if it strikes your work family, making sure that there's time and space to talk those things through. We were in that playland more times than I can count just together um, and making sure that we were talking through those feelings. And again, like making space for those things before just diving right back into like the real world or just diving right back into work. You know, I have to say, if, if you work in the Chick-fil-A world, uh, then you're aware of this, you know, in the kitchen, every kitchen, you know, we have this henny penny pressure fryer and on the henny penny there's a little ring a key ring looking thing and at the top of the machine and sometimes for whatever reason the pressure cooker doesn't drop its pressure it gets locked or whatever you can't open it up and the only way to open it is to pull that ring and release the pressure valve and when you do there's a huge hiss and all the steam comes out in the same way we all have this pressure building up that's been building up over the last two years but when we talk through it it's like pulling that pin. It's that powerful. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely one of the, like, the hardest things that I had to go through as a leader. And it was one of the first times that I realized the importance of, even as the leader, like being willing to open up and show that. Because we didn't even try like to not talk about it. We literally, um, we had some awesome leaders from a different store who came over. And so we pulled all of our team together at the same time. And we just, like, we talked about it. And we sat there and we cried and we you know, said out loud the things that we were feeling because we were all feeling so many of the same things. And I don't know how we would have gotten through something like that if we didn't. One of the things that, uh, you know, my mom had mentioned to me through this as a, you know, as a therapist, uh, she'll go to on site to a, to a business who had a, a big, you know, traumatic experience. She'll say a lot of the leaders won't, they'll just keep doing their job. And they say, well, I'm, I'm just worried about the team members at the bottom. I'm, I'm just worried about the team members, but they won't seek counseling. And it's it, most of the time, it is actually the leaders who deal with it the most because what is exactly what you said. They're dealing with the, the initial trauma, but they're trying to hold it in, you know, so much for, for everybody else. And that's that secondary trauma. And they, they need that more than anybody else. So, um, so we're going to talk about the next step. And it's the importance of seeing a therapist. So the, just to recap, like the first thing is, you know, talking about this, labeling those feelings as they happen, even with the feelings wheel or with somebody else, just labeling that, saying that out loud. But now we get to, you know, why, like at what point do I think I need a, a therapist? And what a therapist can do is listen to your stresses, 
So there's that labeling process, which is extremely helpful as it is. But then they also look for trends in what you're saying and they find triggers in what might be setting you off. So I spent this time with uh, with this life coach and he was doing this whole like mapping out my life. And this happened, this was about, this was back in November. I did this and uh, and it was just an incredible experience. But hearing him say at one point, he said, you know, Sean, you keep saying this and we need to figure out where it's coming from. And at first when he said, uh, if, if you, you keep, Sean, you keep saying this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's totally me. You know? And, <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, you, you keep saying it. I said, yeah, that's yeah, I, a lot of people. That's just who I am. And he goes, yeah, we got to figure that out because it's going to give you an early heart attack. Uh, and, and sure enough, through the life mapping process, he was able to find out the actual point at which, you know, I started running and I started this, you know, just what I do. I, I just keep going, keep going, keep going. And there's always something else. And I found the point that I just that started and I just kept running and I never stopped. It was like Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> but when, you know, when he finally said, Sean, like, and he, we, we figured it all out and he kind of said, you don't have to, you don't have to do this. And it was like just a, a light switch, you know, and, and just like talking to a friend and telling a friend about, you know, how tired you might be of running, like that would be beneficial, but just to get through the moment. And that's a lot of that, that labeling will get you through the moment, but a good therapist will help you find, you know, the cycle and and help you stop the cycle altogether. Yeah. And I know, I mean, obviously, yes, a therapist is great in counseling. If you can afford it or if you can make it to something like that would be hugely beneficial. Um, but I know I just had a leader in our restaurant come to me in the office just the other day and he um, he couldn't pinpoint what exactly was wrong, but he said, like, I don't feel like myself. Like, I feel like I've been better. Um, he mentioned that he'd been to see a therapist in the past and it had helped him a lot, but in just the current circumstance that he was in, he couldn't afford one. Um, and honestly, if, I mean, if you're in Chick-fil-A, there are resources available. If you work somewhere else, there might be, and it's worth asking somebody if any of those are available to you. If there's not, there's awesome qualified people to talk to in an online space. And I know for me, I know we've got people of all different you know, faith backgrounds, but your local church is a great place to start too. Um, I remember Chick-fil-A and Sean were so gracious. And after everything that our team was going through, they offered to cover the cost of me going to a counseling session. And I was like, I don't know, like I wouldn't know what to do in there. <laughs> I feel like I would do it wrong. Um, I just didn't feel like comfortable starting out in that space. So if you're anybody like me, I just, I went online and I just booked a session with somebody that was outside of Chick-fil-A who is qualified and caring for people. Um, they do it as a job and it was free to me. I'm sure there's something in, in or around your city that would be something similar. Yeah, we had, you know, several times in the last two years, there's each time that we received help was from someone, either a chaplain or someone from a church. I, I mean, I just can't think of where we'd be right now with our team if we didn't have help so that there are people in every church who want to help. Yeah, you know? and who are qualified to when you're kind of at the end of yourself. So the last thing that uh, that I'll say is the, the importance of truth tellers. So there is labeling these emotions, talking them out, they're seeing a therapist. And then, and then the next thing here is just having people in your life that you can be honest with and really that they, they see your blind spots. Uh, for me, I have uh, what I, I like to call you know, my personal and business advisors, people that, that I trust. And I'm going to name them here. And the funny thing is they don't even know they're on this list. So. <laughs> They didn't know they signed up for this, but in the in the Chick Fil A, like there's Chick Fil A staff, and in the world uh, for me, uh, Joey Durham is one of those people, and Brent Townsend's two guys that I I really rely on. That I know anytime I can call or text them and say, "What's going on with this? Like, am I seeing this wrong? Am I is this me? Like, tell me, should I be upset? Or, or you know, tell me where I'm in the wrong here." And um, 
I can call it when I'm mad at something. Or I need just I need just someone to tell me, hey, you're wrong and you're in the wrong spot. These are great guys for that. And they do the same thing for me. I've had, you know, them call me and say, Hey, can I bounce something off you? And it's a good relationship, you know. I have a few operators, uh, Jim Toth and Justin Clark are both guys. I have to shout them out here because they, you know, because I appreciate <laughs> you just them. Gotta. Yeah, and I'll, I can call and say, Hey, am I out of touch for feeling this way? And and um it's it's always good to have people like that. And then in my own organization, uh, you, Hannah, and, and then Christine, if, if there's stuff in the business with team members or whatever, like I can vent and and you know get those frustrations out. And then again, that's just labeling, and then I feel better afterwards. And but uh, but lastly, I have this. I talked about this life mapping. This guy Tony Ferraro uh, in North Carolina. He he helped me come up with a life plan and hold me accountable. And then there's uh, my therapist. This guy Chris Williams from Renovari Counseling. Uh, who doesn't know anything about being a Chick-fil-A operator, which is refreshing. If I was talking about the pressure cooker, I'd have to say like... You have to show a picture or something. Yeah, what the pressure cooker is. He had no idea, and it's great. Uh, and then lastly, this uh, this life coach, Kelly Sartain, who she could be an operator tomorrow if she wanted to be. She knows a ton about the business, but she's also a life coach. And it's good. I've gone with her and say like, hey, what, am I seeing this wrong? And she's challenged me, really challenged me. The point is, you have to find people who see your blind spots and don't be afraid to say, hey, tell me what I'm not seeing here. Tell me where I'm wrong. And tell me where I'm being irrational. And these people are worth gold in your life. Uh, Not only do they give you uh, an open door to label your feelings and clear them from your head, but oftentimes they see a bigger picture that that your anger maybe has clouded you from. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right about people in a similar situation to you. There's benefits to both, you know, having a a small group or a group of friends outside of work who don't know Chick-fil-A, like it's kind of refreshing to be able to say whatever that you want and it has no effect on the business. But at the same time, having, you know, peers and leaders in your own business is just so valuable. I know like I could go through a list of every single team lead and director that we have who have played a part in um, just dealing again with things in the past two years. But I'll give a shout out to Yasmin, who will just tell me you know, how it is and she won't sugarcoat it, which I so value. Um, we have, uh, we call it a rumble in our organization. I might've mentioned it before, but it's literally like we set a date and time where we're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna go at it. We are going to like hash some things out. We're gonna be straightforward with each other. We um, we start them off by saying, give yourself some feedback and you, know, you kind of try to admit your faults because you know you're about to start into a circle of leaders who are going to tell you what's what and how you've been acting. You got to, uh, you got to tell them your faults first before they yeah, get... you have a chance to try to cover what they're about to roast you with and if you don't hit it they will do it for you um, but making space for that literally putting it on the calendar is what we do but it allows you to kind of go be going into that meeting knowing like all right i'm gonna hear some hard truths but they're gonna be helpful to me i need to like see the problem so i can know what it is and start to work on it because otherwise it'll come out in a situation that you're not ready for one particular example comes to mind again like our team has been through a lot and we've tried to navigate it and we have not done so perfectly but i can point back to one specific instance where it was me and another leader and we both were bagging and technically she got there first but i was just having a tough day i was like i don't necessarily want to be customer facing but i want to feel like i'm good and in control of something so i went to the bagging station i started getting in the way and me and this other leader we just did not we don't bag the same and so we kind of start like tripping over each other and i'm getting frustrated and i'm kind of like i'm snapping and we kind of like look and she just like she just gives up she's like you can bag and she walks away and I was like okay hold on I've gone too far and so then I we afterwards off the shift walked over and I just I got like tears in my eyes already I was like I'm sorry like I'm having a tough time and I just wanted I told her I was like I felt like this was one thing that I could like be in control of and then she pretty much says, says the same thing back to me and she says I'm gonna need you to say it and I was like say what she's I, I need you to say I need you to say that I'm the best bagger that we have and I was like what um, but really we were both in this space where we were we were trying to like control something and to try to feel good at something and we totally like collided and then we talked it over 
you know, I think we were in the playland or something just started bawling, but it was like, there was these unresolved things and we didn't make space for them. So now, you know, now you're trying to on the, and it's too late and it just comes out. So putting something on the calendar so that you have that safe space with those safe people is just so valuable. That's awesome. I didn't know that story. So just to recap here, you need to talk about this stuff. At some point you need to talk to a pro and you need to talk to people you know, have people who can tell you when you're wrong. So I still struggle. We both do. Obviously, you've got your bagging issues. We, <laughs> uh, but uh, and we're not we're not pros at this. But uh, but I do have a lot of people who are invested in my journey and uh, and want to see me succeed. And the only reason I've earned those relationships was by being open and transparent and, and being willing to ask for their advice. So if you're looking for a place to start, yeah, I would begin venting to some people who you consider to be smarter than you <laughs> uh, and getting ready to adopt the phrase, can you help me see what I'm not seeing? What are my blind spots? Uh, and, you, and you'd be surprised at how often people are willing to help uh, when you approach them with that level of humility. Well, that's it. We're going to start talking in circles I now know. about the same stuff. But um, if you like this, uh, please visit the Apple Podcast app and and leave us a review. Uh, it helps a lot. Uh, neither of us get paid for this Which stuff. is probably good because none of this yeah, is worth getting paid We'd be for. doing ads or something <laughs> like that. If you ever hear ads, on the, that means I need the money. So. <laughs> But uh, no, we don't we don't get paid, but it, it does further the cause and it introduces our stories to new listeners. Uh, and so that's kind of what, what we're doing it for is just to feel like we're making a difference and there's a higher purpose and all this. So if that means something to you, please uh, leave us a review. I'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, thank you for listening. And thank you guys for what you're doing. I know somebody else the, uh, just the other day said, you know, through all of this, like you're doing a good job. And I almost lost it, right? I, wouldn't, I don't know what I would have labeled that, <laughs> but it was a whole mess. It was at our retreat, actually. And it was this, our speaker, who was awesome, Dr. Neil. And he, he said, if you haven't heard it from anyone, you're doing a good job. And, it, and everyone was like, man, when he said that. And I'm in the room and I'm like, I, have I not told you you're doing like... <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't hit the same. <laughs> but someone else says it when, do, when a doctor says it. But, um, so maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. So in case, I know you've probably heard it from your leaders and your operator, but I want you to hear from me as well. You are doing a great job. Uh, for those of you, you know, I don't know everyone's business who, who listens to this, but I do know that there are a lot of Chick-fil-A people who listen to this. And uh, through everything our reputation and our ratings and our scores from independent reviewers just continue to be excellent. And that doesn't happen uh, on accident. And, and you know that it, it's very intentional and it's a lot of effort. And the fact that we were able to maintain that through so much uncertainty, you are doing a great job and I'm proud of you. I'm not your I'm boss, proud of you too. but I am, I am proud of you. I'm proud of what we're doing together. So anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, this was episode 24. Take care of yourself and be well.